Blessings one and all, and welcome to this week's episode of Journey into Spiritualism. I'm Paul James Caden, and this week we are going to be talking about prophecy and the state of the world. And some folks might say, hey, what does that have to do with spiritualism? You know, prophecy and the state of the world and end times and all of that sort of thing. Uh, well, actually, a lot. Uh, Christian spiritualism is, uh, by and large, the uh, predominant um I'll say, sect of spiritualism when it comes to the spiritualist uh, philosophy and religion. And uh, they certainly look at the Bible as an inspired book and a book that is filled with prophecies. Many of the uh, folks in the Bible were seers. They were prophets. They saw things that were going to happen during their lifetime uh, while they were alive. And, And many saw into the future things that would happen in our world uh, before uh, the closing of the curtain on this world as we know it. So prophecy is very important in spiritualism, even though there are some who uh, may not pay as much attention to it as, as others. It's something that we can't ignore. It's something we can't sweep under the uh, the rug and make believe it's, it's not there. Uh, and especially uh, for someone like me who studied the subject of prophecy uh, quite extensively in the past and seeing how, you know, as many say, you know, uh, last year's prophecies are, you know, today's headlines. You know, the the way if you watch the news, the, the world is just in a really upside down uh, place right now. And Hopefully it will get better. We will see the error of our ways. And uh, as the Bible says, repent and uh, turn back to God, turn around and go the other direction. But I don't know, people are really, really blind to their own actions, blind to what's going on. And, you know, it just seems that that, that spirit of you know, ignorance and blindness and deception is clouding the eyes of many. And, you know, I was really inspired to do this uh, particular podcast because my family and I just got back from uh, a little family vacation. We were up in Lake George, New York. Uh, I'm not much of a summer vacation person. I, I prefer to go in the fall and the off season the weather is cool, you know, I, I like to do the autumn things, go to orchards and hay rides and, you know, uh, cemetery tours and things of that nature, historical cemeteries, haunted sites, ghost tours, things uh, like that in the fall. Uh, but, you know, we took a summer vacation and, uh, you know, the the weather was extremely hot. We got hit with the heat wave the entire vacation so that put kind of a damper on things but uh you know i was really noticing how people were acting when i was on vacation like going into a diner for breakfast and how uh, many of the tourist people you know coming in large groups of them just 
trampling by and practically trampling over uh, my disabled stepdaughter just to get ahead of her, just to get ahead of us, you know, because she walks a little slow. She has some, you know, uh, spinal and skeletal, uh, you know, structural issues. And they, they were just trampling by, almost trampling over her to get ahead so they could get a seat and their wait wouldn't be, you know, as long uh, to wait for a table for breakfast. And I I saw this kind of thing a lot, just, you know, the tourists in the area. It's almost like they had their, their sights set on what they wanted to do. And they didn't care who they pushed past, trampled over, uh, being outside your hotel room in the middle of the night, screaming and yelling at one another, raising their voices, yelling at their kids, you know, just total disregard for anyone else around them. And I, and I really thought to myself several times, like, geez, you know, where, where's the manners of people? You know, why, why doesn't anyone seem to, like, think about the next person? You know, have a little common courtesy. You know, be polite. And uh, that's really kind of what got me thinking uh, about this topic. And, uh, you know, I want to read from Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, that says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Now, you know, there's a lot of prophecies in the New Testament that talk about in the last days people will be lovers of themselves, they'll be deceived, they'll be deceivers, they'll be violent, they'll be arrogant, they'll be greedy, they'll be prideful. And, you know, I think those those prophecies really kind of go along with this putting darkness for light and light for darkness, bitter for sweet. Uh, everything seems to be backwards in our world today. You know, even even the way people exercise for physical fitness. You know, back in the day, you, you see people now, you know, doing all these extreme workouts, you know, jumping up in the air, you know, landing, you know, doing a deep knee bend, falling down into a push-up, standing up, jumping up into the air again. I guess they call this uh, burpees. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very high intensity, high impact. And, you know, doctors back in the day, you know, and... and uh, personal trainers would say, no, this, this isn't the way you want to work out. This is terrible for your back. It's terrible for your knees. This is terrible for your joints, your hips. Uh, it could even be bad for your heart. If you're older, if you have high blood pressure or a heart condition, you know, really putting a strain on the body and the heart, you really have to be careful with this, you know, high impact, high intensity, but now, you know, people, you, you just see when people are working out, they're like, you know, doing things with their bodies that back in the day we would say, are you crazy? Do you know what that could do to your body? And I see some of these younger people walking around that do these kind of exercises and they're like, oh, you know, my knee, 
oh, you know, I got this this problem with my back. Well, yeah. And it's probably going to get a lot worse as you get older if you keep uh, doing these high, you know, high impact intensity uh, beating up your body workouts because it's not good for you. We can endure that kind of thing when, when we're younger, but as we start getting into our 30s and our 40s and our 50s, uh, not so much. But if you talk to people about this and, and make mention, hey, you know, back in the day, you know, they said this was not good. You know, people are mean. People are angry. They're, they'll attack you. And I've, I've had this happen. Oh, you're disrespecting what I'm doing. What the F do you know? Bah, 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 bah. You know, they, they get angry. They get violent. It's like they want to start throwing down, you know, uh, trading blows ju- just because you you're talking to them you know, about something that once upon a time, the whole medical community, the whole uh, exercise community, those who are licensed professionals would say, don't do that. Don't exercise that way. And to me, that that's just one small example of light for darkness, darkness for light, bitter for sweet. You know, or where once upon a time people were injuring themselves doing, you know, physical fitness. And then we had a, a period of time where they said, well, no, this is why people are getting injured working out in, the, in this particular way. You know, you shouldn't do this to your body. It's going to have consequences, uh, you know, probably eventually. And now everybody's just doing that. And they, they, they don't want to hear that maybe they're harming themselves, even if you just say, geez, you know, maybe be a little careful with that. You know, did you know, you know, back in the 80s and all through the 90s, you know, everybody, all the professionals were saying this, uh, you know, wasn't such uh, a great thing to do. You know, and people will want to, you know, practically cut your head off, you know, for, <laughs> for uh, you know, speaking against it. You look at religion. You know, religion for, and I've mentioned this so many times in my podcasts. In religion, nobody followed after, you know, politicians and so involved in the government. You know, it was understood within Christianity that, you know, as Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. And if it were, you know, my followers would fight for that kingdom, but my kingdom is not of this world. It is a heavenly kingdom. But now, for some reason, we got it all backwards where the kingdom of God is here and we have to infiltrate the government as religious people, as Christians, and, you know, dominate the United States with our theology and then little by little the rest of the world and this is called dominion theology you know through the government we get the right people in power and then we we, we begin to uh, spread that power over the globe conquering the world for Jesus now this sounds a little bit like the Catholic Church back in the day uh, going out and warring and crusading and killing those that didn't agree with their theology we have the truth, convert or die. 
right? And uh, that's the idea of these people. I've mentioned this before in my podcast, and if you think I'm making it up, do a little uh, digging. Uh, that's the whole thing of this uh, Christian government, this dominion theology that some uh, are involved in. It's when they say dominion, they mean dominion. They have their way. You're not going to be uh, a Muslim, a Buddhist. You're not going to read certain books or even be allowed to make certain kinds of music or movies or art. And you could be punished by prison, by a fine, by death. Even some say want to bring back stoning like in the Old Testament. You break the laws of the land, you're stoned to death. Or put in a rehabilitation camp uh, like the good old Nazis uh, <laughs> did to the uh, Jewish people back in the day. So this, uh, you know, everything is backwards. Everything we knew that was not good for us back in the day, now it is darkness for light, bitter for sweet. And these things have been foretold all throughout the Bible in the prophecies. And it's interesting, you know, to me and, and, and frustrating that I see so many religious people who say they read the Bible, but they're not they're not seeing in the pages that wow, some of this stuff I'm being told, some of the stuff I'm being taught, uh, it just really uh, doesn't jive with what's written here. You know, everybody in the Christian community knew back in the day that, you know, Antichrist would be a political system, a political leader. And Antichrist could be anybody. He could be a president somewhere else. He could be a president of the United States. I've said in many of my podcasts, you know, anti and Antichrist means a replacement for another so when you see all these people that were in, you know, still are gathered around Donald Trump, calling him the Trump of God and, you know, the modern day, you know, Cyrus and King David and all this sort of thing. Be careful. I don't care if it's Donald Trump, Joe Biden, uh, Bill Smith, who comes out of the woodwork and everybody says, oh, here's God's man to bring the United States back to God. Be careful. Because these religious political movements could be very, very dangerous indeed. And again, this was something that was known back in the day. But here we are. Everybody just walking in lockstep with, you know, the religious leaders that are leading them right into that sort of thing. And is there any opening of the eyes? Is there any turning back? Well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But we have more to say on this topic, and we're going to talk about that right after this uh, quick message as I give my friends here at Anchor a uh, quick advertisement space to build up their platform, and Anchor really is uh, an awesome platform to do a podcast. So check out the ad if you're interested in doing a podcast of your own, and I'll be back right after this. All right, welcome back, everybody. Let's uh, continue with our discussion here. Um, you know, we were talking about uh, 
a lot of religious people, Christian people, getting so involved in politics and following after these uh, political parties and politicians and how back in the day, you know, we, we understood this was not a good thing to do. You know, don't get involved, you know. Of course you want honest men in government, but, you know, they all claim that they're honest until they're elected. So how do we know? You know, how do we really know? And, uh, you know, uh, another thing kind of jumping off from that particular point is like I was talking about earlier, people that, you know, it, it was a given back in the day, have a little common courtesy for other people. Don't be rude. You know, don't be mean, don't be insulting. And, you know, for goodness sake, certainly, you know, don't be loud and threatening and violent to people. And now the funny thing is everybody's running around saying, don't be offensive. Don't offend anybody. Don't trigger anybody. But then those same people will start insulting, calling names, trying to cancel people they don't agree with on the smallest of things. They want movies canceled, people canceled, whole swaths of, you know, society canceled for the most inane, idiotic reasons, if I may use that word. And all these people that, oh, don't be triggered, treat everybody nicely, oh, everybody's equal. You know, oh, we need this big peaceful society, but yet these are the people who give in to rage and anger and verbally attacking people and even physically attacking people that they don't agree with. And that just doesn't go for, you know, the the cancel culture, you know, millennial, younger people. Everybody seems to think that that's okay. Again, even religious people. People that are supposed to be spiritual. You disagree with me, even if you're doing so in, in a friendly, uh, conversational way. It's okay for me to get in your face. It's okay for me to threaten you with violence or do violence to you. And people feel justified in doing that, like they're fighting for the right. But then we look in the scriptures, and how many times does it tell us that, you know, anger and wrath is not good for us? It will rot our bones, you know, it... It takes us, you know, out of the presence of God because we start feeling wrathful and angry and vengeful. The Bible tells us time and time again not to do these things. And everybody, everybody back in the day knew it. And everybody tried to avoid a fight, not start a fight. If you happen to be out and seen two strangers about to throw down, you would try to break it up. Hey, let's calm down. Let's not, uh, you know, get into this. Somebody's going to get hurt. And if you did get in a fight back in the day, 
And I was in war than a few back in the 80s. I wasn't a perfect saint. You know, I had my moments. But the thing is, you know, you got, in, you got into, you know, a, a bit of a fight with somebody. You knock the other person down or hit them with a good shot and, you know, their legs became rubbery. You usually stopped right there and said, okay, let's end this before somebody gets seriously hurt. Everybody shook hands or, you know, a hug. Yeah, sorry, brother. And they went their separate ways. Nobody wanted to hurt another person. I mean, sometimes they did. You know, there were those vengeful, you know, just angry people. Of course, there were. there's always those kinds of people in society. But the average human being, they didn't want to hurt anybody. You know, I've knocked you know, uh, more than a few people down, you know, back in my heyday and always said, okay, let, let's, let's just stop this before somebody gets hurt. The person got up. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, man. Shake hands, go your separate ways. You know, I've had people pop me in the jaw a couple times and say, Hey man, you want to walk away from this? You want to end this before somebody gets hurt? Yeah, man, let's do it. You know, at least there was a little honor when we got to those moments where we felt that we had to defend ourselves. But these days, that doesn't happen. The average person punches the other person in the face or generally will come up, you know, to the side of them and the back of them and sucker punch them. The other person doesn't even know it's coming. And when the person falls down on the ground, they jump on top of them while they're stunned or knocked out and repeatedly smash them in the face. Now, if that isn't an invitation to cause uh, death, brain swelling, brain injury, I don't know what is. I don't know how some of these people are fortunate enough to get up off the ground and not be in a coma or dead because, you know, some moron you know, jumped on top of them while they were knocked out and repeatedly smashed them in the face with their fist. This is what we've come to. Back in the day, people understood, you don't do these things. You just don't. But now it's justified. We, we can do it. And the religious people think, hey, well, we're doing it for God. We're smashing that heathen's face in. You know, we're smashing that anti-Democrat or that anti-Republican's face in. They deserved it. When again, all the while, you know, it's in the Bible. We shouldn't be doing these things, but we do it anyway. I wanted to read something I came across in the Urantia book a couple of days ago. And uh, I marked this, and I don't even know why I marked it, but it really comes into play now when, you know, we're doing this podcast and talking about violence and anger and the state of the world. And anger is a big, big problem right now, anger and violence. I mean, the way people are treating one another. I mean, we have the school shootings. We, you know, just so much violence and death and anger and rage. And I think the Arantia book said it nicely. And this is from paper 149. It says, 
Anger is a material manifestation which represents, in a general way, the measure of the failure of the spiritual nature to gain control of the combined intellectual and physical natures. Anger indicates your lack of tolerant brotherly love plus your lack of self-respect and self-control. Anger depletes the health, debases the mind, and handicaps the spiritual teacher of man's soul. Have you not read in the scriptures that wrath kills the foolish man, and that man tears himself in his anger? That he who is, he who is slow of wrath is of great understanding, while he who is hasty of temper exalts folly? You all know that a soft answer turns away wrath, and how grievous words stir up anger. Discretion defers anger, while he who has no control over his own self is like a defenseless city without walls. Wrath is cruel and anger is outrageous. Angry men stir up strife, while the furious multiply their transgressions. Be not hasty in spirit, for anger rests in the bosom of fools. Before Jesus ceased speaking, he said further, Let your hearts be so dominated by love that your spirit guide or indwelling spirit of God will have little trouble in delivering you from the tendency to give vent to those outbursts of animal anger which are inconsistent with the status of divine sonship. Now I think that is uh, something that's worth backing up and listening to again in this podcast uh, because it really says it all. And it really takes uh, a lot of those verses about anger and wrath from the Bible and states them wonderfully uh, in this particular text. And this is something that we really need to get a hold of uh, in our world today. And again, you can look in, I believe it's uh, the book of 1 Timothy that talks about in the last days people being haughty, prideful, angry, arrogant, violent, you know, given into rage and temper and wrath. You know, folks, we're there. We're there. And it's not going to bode well for us if we keep following this pattern or following people that think it's okay to do these things. There's a lot of people in this world, and some of you may be listening to this podcast that think, oh, well, everybody else is doing it. You know, we have this silly thing in our world now called trends and trending. Well, everybody else is doing, you know, flash robberies. Well, I'm going to do it too. Everybody else is, you know, jumping, you know, off of, you know, five-foot stacks of cinder blocks doing burpees and smashing up their knees, their backs, and their hips. Well, hell, I'm going to do it too. <laughs> you know? Everybody else thinks we should get into these uh, uh, political arenas and uh, infiltrate the government with our religion and then dominate the earth, you know, 
uh, Dominion Theology. That sounds pretty good. And, uh, you know, a lot of people in the church seem to be for it. Well, I'm going to be for it, too. Everybody seems to think this guy is some, you know, man of God, even though, you know, he's imperfect and he says and does a lot of bad things, and, and we know that, but, hey, this is God's man. Everybody seems to think he's the new King David. Well, I'm going to think that, too. Everybody else is giving, you know, vent to their anger and their wrath and violence and screaming in people's faces. Seems to be the thing to do. Seems to be okay. I guess when I get mad, I'm going to do that too. No. Are we mandated to follow the ways of the world or the ways of the Spirit? Are you going to follow everybody else or are you going to follow God? Are you going to sit there and take on popular opinion or be unpopular because you're siding with God? Do you think the prophets in the Bible were popular people? Do you think everybody got gathered around them and said, yeah, you're so great, you're wonderful, we love you? No, they were hated because they spoke out about the popular opinion and what was going on in their societies back in their day. They were hunted down by kings and governments and spit on by people. People tried to stone them. Don't tell us we're sinning. Don't tell us we're doing wrong by being violent and cruel and perverse and worshiping idols. Don't tell us. So chances are, if you're giving in to the, you know, opinions of the popular crowd, chances are you're probably not very popular with the God crowd, you know, <laughs> That cloud of witnesses that are always watching and guiding us, you know, the, the Spirit of God, the angels. Are you being led and guided by them or by popular opinion? The prophecies and saints of old were not, uh, were not popular, folks. Read the book of Hebrews. They were put in prison. They were killed. They were run through with the sword. They were sawed in half. They were exiled. They were stoned to death. Because you're not going to be very popular when you step back out of the popular opinion and say, you know what? This is wrong. And there's a lot of people out there right now calling themselves Christians, following these popular moves in the church, if that's what you, if you can even call it that anymore. And some of them know it's wrong, but they're too afraid because everybody's doing it. Everybody believes it. So they're afraid to step back and say, this is wrong because they know everybody will turn on them like the religious leaders of the day turned on the saints and the prophets of old. People don't want to hear it. People don't want to hear that they're substituting darkness for light, bitter for sweet, evil for good. Man wants to make up his own religion, his own way, his own way of doing things, 
whether it be religious or otherwise. And remember that proverb that says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. And now I understand exactly what that means. Because we as finite creatures here on planet Earth for this brief time that we're here, we think we know everything. I, I, know, I know people in, in their 30s, early 40s, you know, who went to college and they think they know exactly what God is. Oh, no, God isn't this, he's that. I wrote a paper about God. Really? Really? You think you know everything there is to know about the universe, God, and infinite intelligence that we can't even fathom? And we're going to sit here and think we got it all figured out. This is what's good to do now. Everybody's wearing Nike, so you should too. Everybody's talking about conspiracy theory, so you should too. Everybody's following this political party, so you should too. The church is now militant and political, so you should be too. Everybody's violent and wrathful, well, you should be too. Everybody's ignoring the, the physical signs of these prophecies. Look in the Bible about the droughts and the famines and the plagues and the heat. People say, oh, global warming. Oh, <laughs> it's just a myth. Really? Does it not say in the Bible that God will give the power to the sun to scorch, I think it was one-fourth of humanity? How there will be droughts? I mean... Is that not global warming? Is that not things heating up? Call it what you will. But the Bible talks about these things, the droughts, the famines, the plagues, the pestilence. And with all this going on right before our eyes, right here in 2022, probably in its beginning inceptions as beginning worse and worse these things every year for a while now but yet we keep fighting our silly wars we keep getting on the internet and laughing about oh that's just a myth oh well that's not going to hurt me because i'm saved now let me go out and punch somebody in the face <laughs> we laugh and we scoff and we ignore right in the middle of planet Earth as we know it collapsing and falling apart. We just keep following the trends and following the sin and following the violence and the anger and the man-made religion and the hatred and just letting our own ideas and imaginations and dreamed up doctrines drive us and drive us continually in the wrong direction. And folks, we need to wake up. We need to go back and look at some of these prophecies anew. We need to look at the words of the Bible where St. Paul himself said, you know, he has to run the race 
you know, for Christ, he has to do these certain things, lest in the end he be a castaway. We need to look at the verses where Jesus talks about, you know, in the end there will be people that will say, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out devils in your name? And he said, depart from me, I never knew you. These are not pagans. These are not, you know, some unbelieving people that he's talking about. He's talking about people that claim to be Christians. We did all these things in your name. Don't think you can say a few magic words in a prayer and poof, nothing, uh, none of this stuff is going to affect you because that's foolish thinking and that's not what the early Christians taught or believed. This once saved, always saved, I can say the magic prayer and everything is okay. No, folks, that wasn't the case. You could turn to the Lord and you could say, hey, I believe, and you could start doing all the right things, but you could also turn away from the Lord and the Holy Spirit will depart from you. Because after all, you, you're not following his counsel, you're not following his guidance, you're doing your own thing. The Spirit of God has no place in your life, so it departs. He doesn't want me here. She doesn't want me here. So I'll leave. I'm an unwelcome guest. So following these trends, doing what's popular, looking at the state of the world, I think a lot of us need to wake up. Because this is... A train that's looking to derail. And that could happen anytime. I mean, we have COVID. We had COVID. Now we have monkeypox. There's going to be more coming. We have these food shortages. Bad times are coming. And are you going to be ready? Are you going to side with God or side with the world? When everybody goes out and starts looting and fighting and killing to get food and water because there's such a shortage, are you going to be right there with them? Because everybody else is doing it to survive, so it must be okay for me to do it. Let me go trample over somebody and kill them to get that last bottle of water for me or my family. Is that how you're going to be? Are you going to be one of these people that joins up with a pack of you know, animalistic individuals, if something like that were to happen and say, we stand for God and oh, you know, we're going to go out and take everybody. You know, you're going to be one of these marauders and raiders because everybody else is lousy sinners anyway. But our little group, there's something special about us. So we're going to take what everybody else has. You know, you see this kind of scenario played out in like doomsday and apocalyptic movies all the time and you look at the world now that's not going to be so far from the truth if something like that happens because people are ripe for the picking to be a bunch of violent animals toward one another and that's sounds awful to say but god knows it's the truth and i know if and when that happens in my lifetime i don't want to be a part of that and I hope you don't either. I'd rather be stoned to death. I'd rather be sawed in two. I'd rather be killed by the people following that kind of trend than to be one of them. I'm going to do my best to side with God lest I be a castaway. And I hope you will too. 
So, folks, I've kept your attention uh, long enough this week. I wasn't sure I'd get to do uh, a podcast after the uh, vacation, but we got home yesterday on Saturday. I'm recording this uh, on Sunday and hopefully uh, going to get it out. So um, those of you who listen can uh, ponder these things and... um, hopefully bow out of some of these uh, terrible trends uh, that are in the world today that everybody seems to be uh, jumping on. So thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. Until next time, stay safe, stay well, stay in the light, and follow God, not man. I'll see you next time here on Journey into Spiritualism. God bless.